Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today I want us to grapple with a question, are you a gullible woman? And there's actually a scripture that we're going to talk about in a few minutes that talks about the dangers of being a gullible woman. Now, we've talked on this podcast before about the importance of avoiding being deceived and becoming a discerning woman. And so this really just builds upon those themes and helps us safeguard against that gullibility of being deceived and taken in by those who might be speaking things that sound good, but aren't actually drawing us closer to Jesus Christ. It says in Acts 20, 28, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone day and night with tears. Those were the words of Paul when he was giving sort of his final commission to the disciples before he was to be martyred. And when you think about the words of Paul and how strong they were, that for three years, he did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Imagine Paul for three years talking about this every single day and every single night and talking about it with tears. Obviously, it was a serious issue. And he was talking about men who would rise up speaking perverse things with the intent of drawing the disciples away. Now, these are disciples who were discipled by the Apostle Paul and some of the great um, you know, men of, of the early church, and yet there's still that bait that they could be deceived and drawn away. So if they were prone and susceptible to that, how much more can we be in the same boat? And it says in Ephesians 4.14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. When Eric and I were first getting to know each other over 20 years ago, we could go into a Christian bookstore and maybe see, you know, some things that were a little off track. I remember seeing the Christian music section and seeing some things that did not seem at all godly, uh, but they were being sold in a Christian bookstore. But a lot of the books were pretty solid, pretty biblical. And of course, there were a few that were a little bit off track. And it was pretty obvious that they were off track. But for the most part, uh, there was just a lot of good, solid truth in the Christian bookstores. Now, uh, we have a hard time even walking into a Christian bookstore, to be honest. It doesn't mean that solid books are not out there. But sadly, we have found in the last 20 years of Christian ministry that biblical, solid Christian teaching that really leads us closer to Christ and doesn't distract us with um, deceitful messages are more of the exception, not the rule. And that's where the church is at today. And sometimes when you maybe have only been in one church your whole life and you're surrounded by you know, kind of a sheltered and environment, you may not realize how quickly the modern church is going downhill and how much deception has already crept in. But Eric and I have traveled for over 20 plus years and seen the insides of churches and seen behind the scenes in Christian publishing and Christian music and kind of had our hand on that, that pulse of where things are at. And we've been more and more disturbed to see um, trendy Christian messages that are not based in truth drawing Christians away and deceiving them. 
And so as a woman, we have the choice of becoming gullible to these things or being discerning and resilient towards messages that would seek to draw us away from the truth. There are a lot of trends in modern Christianity. Maybe you've noticed some of them. Mega churches are one of them. A lot of new Christian, quote, celebrities being raised up where they're they're really treated just like secular celebrities, but they're in the Christian world. And really trendy Christian messages that have like new... Um, new concepts and philosophies and artistic blogs. And so often these things can tend to dazzle and impress us because they distract the eye but deceive the heart. It's so easy to naively accept anything that is labeled as Christian, especially when we see other Christians embracing it. If you add enough glitz and glamour to anything Christian, you can quickly become blinded to the fact that God is no longer a part of it. Just because it's impressive, maybe it has a big budget behind it, does not mean it's based in truth. I used to assume that every Christian book, every Christian album, Every Christian movie had gone through a careful evaluation process by a board of godly trusted elders, you know, that had been in the church for 40 years and they knew the word of God and they were just checking everything to make sure it was scripturally sound and accurate. Because one thing that I saw early in my ministry is that pastors would often shape their ministry or their messages around the newest books that were coming off the Christian press. And worship leaders would so often shape their music and the the, the whole uh, feel of the music in their church around whatever was popular in the Christian music industry. And that's still happening today. But my reasoning early in my ministry was wouldn't the messages shaping the church be vetted by godly elders? But the reality is that very rarely they are because, you know, we've had Christian publishers tell us it's really just all about money. They're not concerned as much about scriptural accuracy or truth. They want to look at what's new and trendy and is going to sell a lot of copies. And that's what it boils down to. We talked to a Christian record label president once who said, you know, Christian artists just usually just want to be famous. They're not really in it for ministry reasons. We just sign them because they have talent and they're just in it so they can get in front of people and get their name out there. Now, of course, that's a broad generalization. There are some great Christian artists out there who really have a worshipful heart. But it's so important to be aware that there are plenty that are just in it for their own fame and glory. And so when decisions on the messages and the books and the music hitting the church today are being made by wealthy Christian business owners who are sitting in fancy hotel rooms and have their own private jets, you have to wonder, is it really uh, being lined up against the word of God and thinking about what is going to most edify the church? And usually the answer is it's not. It's, It's mainly just all about money and making a lot of noise. So why is this happening? Where have we come over the past 20 plus years and why have we become so prone to deception in the church? There's such a pitfall of fame and money. There's a widespread mindset in the Christian industry that has provided an inroads for all kinds of flawed messages to enter the church and influence our thinking as Christians because we're dealing with fame and money-driven artists and authors and publishers who see the potential of making money and corruption can so quickly uh, come in. When you talk to believers in other countries where maybe they're 
being persecuted. They have to meet underground or um, they're from an impoverished country. There's a completely different mindset. But when we have so much wealth and so much money and Christians are just so interested in what's new and trendy and cool and popular, there is a lot of room for compromise and corruption in a system like that. Also, we have the deception of the internet. These days, you really don't need a lot of scriptural knowledge or proven godly character to influence modern Christianity. If you simply have talent and marketing skills and a strong social media platform, you can easily become the next big thing to hit the Christian world, which is sad. I remember getting a letter not too long ago from a publisher who wanted me to endorse an author's new book. And it was interesting, the entire letter was seeking to establish this author's credibility, but the only thing they talked about was the fact that she had so many likes on Facebook and so many followers on Instagram. And all of her credibility came from the fact that she had gained an online platform. None of it was about her testimony, her background, her life with Christ, her scriptural understanding. And it was just interesting how the publisher had said, well, she's got popularity online, then she must have something important to say. And that's about as far into it as they looked. This is the day in which we live. It's summarized in Isaiah 59, 14. Righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets and honesty cannot enter. And I will say that uh, with all that I have observed in our culture and our Christian culture over the past 20 years, that would be a very accurate statement of where I believe we are today. Now let's get back to that question. Are you a gullible woman? It's from 2 Timothy 3, 6. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Gain control in this verse means to lead into captivity. And gullible means it's a contemptuous term that means silly and foolish. So in other words, if we are gullible enough to listen and agree with the deceitful voice of the enemy, then we can be led into captivity by him. We can't be the bondservants of Christ because we are ensnared by our own foolishness and enslaved to a lie. Now, today's women have an incredible influence over the church at large because women are the primary ones who buy the materials that are being produced and published. Women are the main ones who buy Christian books, Christian music, Christian movies, and you will hear publishers say that. If we can just get you know the women to buy these things, if we can figure out what women want and give it to them, then our, our company will succeed. I remember being approached by a television network one time. They were thinking about doing a documentary with us, and they said that our target audience is women from the ages of 25 to 55, and if we can reach those women, then we know that our show will be successful because those are the main ones who watch the shows and watch the commercials and spend the money. And so it's startling to realize that a lot of what's being promoted to the church today is specifically targeting women. A lot of times publishers and people who produce these things have the mindset that today's women do not want deep Christianity. They don't want serious Christianity. They want something shallow and trendy and comfortable. And I've heard a lot of people say that. And so if you think about women rising up and actually saying, we want solid biblical truth, we don't want to just be entertained and 
coddled and catered to. If women actually took that stand, think about how it would influence the messages and the materials that are hitting the church today and how the overall church could be changed and redirected. It's sort of an interesting thing to think about. Let's look at ways that we can avoid becoming gullible women. God does not intend us to spend our Christian lives being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, as we talked about earlier, Ephesians 4.14. Proverbs 8.33-35 says, Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, meaning wisdom, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. That is a beautiful promise because God desires us to walk in his wisdom. He desires us to have that gift of of clarity of mind, soundness of mind, and discernment. And this is something that every one of us can have. Even if you're not a Bible scholar, you can have that godly wisdom that can protect you from becoming vulnerable and gullible to these deceptions that are everywhere out there. But we do have a responsibility to listen to God's voice, to hear his wisdom, to heed it and not disdain it, to watch daily at his gates and to wait at the posts of his doors. And he promises that if we seek his wisdom diligently, we will find it. Here are a few practical ways that you can avoid becoming a gullible woman and start to walk in the wisdom of God. First of all, beware of itching ears. That comes from 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. It's a pretty good verse to describe what's happening in a lot of churches today. Itching ears in this verse means be desirous of hearing something pleasant. How many pastors feel that pressure to speak words from the pulpit uh, that are pleasant and comfortable? Because that's what people desire to hear when they have itching ears. How many books have been published where they just speak a pleasant, comfortable, easy gospel because they know that that's what people want to hear? When we have itching ears, we no longer want to be molded and shaped by God's truth or convicted and refined by his spirit. We try to modify his word to align with our ideas and our desires rather than let our ideas and desires come under submission to his word. And there are many ear tickling messages of today, things that tell us that we should just pursue our own happiness, fight for our own applause, cling to our desires, pattern our lives after the trends of pop culture, treat sin lightly, and make the Christian life all about self. These are just a few of the most common ones. And one of the things to be aware of when we're talking about avoiding those ear-tickling messages is that they so often come in attractive and even seemingly good packages. A lot of times, a little bit of truth is blended with lies to make those ear-tickling messages. So when you blend a little bit of truth with an ear-tickling lie, it's easy to become convinced that it must be on target because it sounds right. Ear-tickling messages never bring us to a place of conviction, repentance, or brokenness over our sin. They just help us put a spiritual label over our self-focused, sinful lives, and they provide us with plenty of excuses to never need to change or grow. So keep that in mind. They may use a lot of scripture or have some truth blended in, but if it doesn't bring you to that place of saying, Lord, I desperately need you, I want to grow in you, I want to choose a life of holiness and righteousness, if it 
it leaves you in that place of, oh, I'm completely fine the way I am. I, I can just enjoy uh, being a part of this world and still be a Christian at the same time, then very likely it's an ear-tickling message, not a truth-based message. If you find yourself evaluating a message based on how it makes you feel or picking and choosing your truth based on your personal preferences, then most likely you're an itching ears believer instead of a discerning believer. And you can easily be a gullible woman when you have itching ears. So don't ask the question, how do I feel about this message? Ask the question, what does God say about this message? The second key is to really build your life around the word of God. Don't just look to devotionals and books and blogs and other things that are out there for your source of spiritual fuel. Those things can be a good accent to a quiet time or to a spiritual life, but nothing can replace the word of God. It's supposed to be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We can't replace or regard God's word as moldable to human opinions and ideas. We need to find out what God says and then build our lives around it. Again, Christian books and resources do have value in our lives, but we can't allow human thoughts to take the place of God's word because that's what will make us gullible women. Corey Ten Boom once wrote, God's viewpoint is sometimes so different from ours that we could not even guess at it unless he had given us a book which tells us such things. Another suggestion that I want to offer you in your pursuit of not being a gullible woman is to beware of consumer-driven mentalities when it comes to your Christian life. We we are Westerners and we're so drawn to anything new and trendy and we have this idea that we need the latest and greatest from everything from technology to coffee drinks. And so we often take this consumer mentality into spiritual things. Church leaders, Christian publishers, musicians, they're constantly scrambling to give the customer what the customer wants by offering new and exciting things to keep this consumer-driven church interested and engaged. So there are a lot of products you'll see in Christian bookstores or trendy things that will happen in churches, mainly because they're trying to get people to want to stay around. A lot of times they will turn to the sights and sounds of the world, you know, video games and Sunday school classes and rock concerts on Sunday mornings and coffee shops in the church lobby or whatever it is to try to keep people interested. When we as believers insist on the church feeding our consumer mentalities, we rob the gospel of its beautiful simplicity and we diminish the power of God. And we also become prone to deception because worldly tactics cannot communicate the undiluted truth of Jesus Christ. Now, there's nothing wrong with using modern technology or creativity to help us deliver truth, but when artistry and technology and trendy things promotes worldly ideas or exalts a specific person or distracts us from the truth of Jesus Christ, then we know that something is wrong. One of the best ways that you can avoid just becoming another Christian consumer is by approaching your involvement in Christianity with a new attitude. Instead of asking, what am I getting out of this? Let's ask, what is God getting out of this? When we become focused on the glory of God, rather than just feeding our own selfish wants, then we're not going to chase after every new and trendy message that flashes through modern Christianity. We're going to esteem the simplicity that is in Christ, the uncomplicated, life-changing truth that doesn't need any human tactics to prop it up. Study the lives of men and women throughout Christian history who have lived just that simple, unpretentious, 
uncompromising Christianity. Hudson Taylor and George Mueller and D.L. Moody and R.A. Torrey and Jim Elliott, Catherine Booth, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Fry, Esteron Kim, Gladys Aylward, Corey Ten Boom. These are some of my favorites. And I believe that those examples can inspire you towards that singular aim in your Christian walk, not to be entertained or catered to, but to love and honor Jesus Christ. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. To avoid being a gullible woman in such a time as this can feel a little bit overwhelming. But here are two things you need to remember. First of all, you need to rely on God's grace. Don't try to grow in godly wisdom by looking to your own efforts or willpower. Ask him to give you the supernatural strength and wisdom that you need to navigate these murky waters of modern Christianity. He can remove that fog of confusion and give you that clear grasp of his truth. Secondly, remember that Christianity in a nutshell is all about Jesus. Maybe you don't have a lot of background in Hebrew and Greek and hermeneutical tools, and maybe you don't even know what that means, and it just feels overwhelming to think about becoming a theologian. But if you set your gaze on Jesus Christ, he will direct your steps. You don't need to become a Bible scholar or a theologian to have discernment and to walk closely with him. It all boils down to this. Reject messages that lead you away from him and embrace messages that lead you into a fuller surrender and a deeper walk with him. If you fix your eyes on him, then you will be, as it says in 2 Peter, neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with a scripture from Jude 1.20. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. What an amazing promise that is. It is God alone who is able to keep us from stumbling and he's willing to keep us from stumbling when we entrust ourselves to him. So let's surrender to him and not hold anything back and ask him to lovingly shape us into women of wisdom that we can shine with his glory in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more about discernment and walking as a godly woman in today's confusing world, please visit us at setapartgirl.com and check out the many resources that we have on living a Christ-centered life. Have a blessed week.